I'll invite you to find Proverbs chapter 6 in your Bibles. I had prepared Matt to read this passage really slowly in case I was not back out here in time, but I made it. We should pray before we uh, study God's Word together in light of what he's done and what he's done in Robert's life. Let's pray together. Father, what a blessing. Oh, we are just so blessed. You are just so good. Thank you so much. And this service has already been wonderful. The testimonies of your grace and above all, Robert's baptism and what that means, what that reflects in your character, what you've done for him. Now we just want to sit at your word together. We just want to listen to you for a little bit together. We've been reminded and refreshed and, and renewed in our minds as to what it means to be a Christian and to follow Jesus. And as we witness Robert taking his first steps, it almost feels like we're remembering what it's like to follow Jesus anew. So just help us to receive your word as disciples. Now, help us to receive your word as followers of your son, Jesus Christ, committed to denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following him. Make your word plain to us now. Help me to serve your people well. May your will be done in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I decided to continue in Proverbs, even though it is a special service, a baptism service, I thought it'd be good to just take on a straightforward passage of Scripture. Uh, As we're witnessing Robert's baptism, as he's beginning his walk of faith with Jesus Christ, I decided not to deviate. We're moving through Proverbs at the beginning of each year, and this Sunday we find ourselves in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. Yeah, this may surprise some of you, but I, if you had to label yourself introvert or extrovert, I would label myself introvert. Um, I love you all very much, but being with people does kind of wear me out a little bit. And some of you I know are the same way, and that's okay. And I read a book recently, it was called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Won't Stop Talking. And it was very reassuring to me. And in the book, It was really interesting. She followed the history of a shift in American culture where we used to, as a culture, care a lot about character. Character used to be the key virtue that we looked for and who we wanted to marry and who we wanted our friends to be and who we looked up to in the media. And then a shift took place. I can't remember when and all the details. It was a while back, but a shift took place. And instead of character, we started to care more about personality. And eventually, personality eclipsed character. And more than the moral quality of people's lives and decisions, people began to care more about the relational effectiveness. How they came across, how they made people feel, those sorts of things. With that came just a tremendous loss 
to our culture and one that really should not infect us as the church because we have God's word and we have Proverbs. And as you read through Proverbs, you'll see character is really, really important to God. Character isn't just right and good, it's wise. And bad character isn't just bad, it's foolish. And so we're going to read today this passage, and it has to do with character and consequences. Our character has consequences. Our moral quality has results and effects. What we're going to see in these verses is a portrait of someone with bad moral quality, actually is called worthless and wicked, and then a description of the consequences that generally befall someone who lives like this. So let's read it together. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart devises evil, sowing, continually sowing discord. Therefore calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment he will be broken beyond healing. So let's look first at verses 12 through 14, the portrait of one with bad character. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart, devises evil, continually sowing discord. He goes about with crooked speech. Um, I'm not much of a builder. I'm not much of a handyman. Um, What I have learned about how to build or fix things has come through either my father-in-law, David, or my father, my dad, Brian. And I remember going out, I don't remember what it was, but there was some reason that I had to go buy lumber for some project. I'd never bought lumber before. I tried to look as if I knew what I was doing over there in Home Depot or Lowe's. Didn't want to look like a complete idiot. And I just grabbed some boards and put them on the big rolly cart, paid for them, and went on about my business. And then realized later that you have to look at the lumber that you're buying before you buy it because sometimes it's not a straight board. Sometimes it is like a letter C or a letter U. And sometimes it has knots and mangled, twisted parts to it. And you don't really want to build using that because it's hard to build in a secure fashion using twisted, crooked lumber. Now, what we'll learn as we work through Proverbs is the same goes for our character and our words and our ways. We're meant to be straight. Straightforward, honest people of character. And when we build our lives with words and ways that are crooked and warped and bent and knotted and mangled, what results is unstable. It's inherently unstable. Ultimately foolish eventually collapses. So when he says, goes about with crooked speech, this is what he means. It's twisted words. These twisted words are not just wrong, they're foolish. Corrupt, dishonest, perverse, fraudulent speech. That's what this has in mind. It could be hurtful sarcasm or deceitful half-truths. You know, I didn't lie, I just presented it in such a way as to allow the perception to be what it might be. That's crooked, crooked speech. Passive-aggressive statements, anything we say designed to have an effect other than what's absolutely true. 
any words that we say that are not straight arrows into the bullseye of truth is crooked speech. And you know what I mean. When we've all done it, we, as children, we realized we had an innate ability to do it. To use our words in such a way as to shape the perception of our parents so we won't get in as much trouble. To use our words in such a way as to shape the perception in our teachers, our friends, to think we're cooler than we are, whatever it may be. The wise way to speak is straight. Straightforward, plain, true. The person with bad character, the worthless, wicked man, goes about with crooked speech. Whether it's in conversation, Facebook, Twitter, texting, at school, at work, at home, by email, all the different ways we have of communicating. Another point in this portrait of the person with bad character, verse 13 is a little strange at first. Winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger. The idea here is it goes for nonverbal crookedness too. Like maybe you're not saying anything false, but you're winking at your buddy who knows what you really mean, or you're nudging with the elbow, or your fingers are crossed behind your back. So if you think you're getting out of this because you're not saying crooked things, it goes for nonverbal crookedness too. Third point, devises evil. With perverted heart, devises evil, continually sowing discord. Devising evil means plotting mischief, plotting bad stuff. We learn a lot more about what's beneath the surface of the person with um, perpetually bad character here, with perverted heart, devises evil. The person who is characterized by crooked words and crooked ways most likely has a crooked heart. Jesus taught that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So this person, this portrait of one with bad character, is not doing things uncharacteristic, is, is not acting in a way that's not in accord with identity. It comes from the heart, with perverted heart. Devises evil. It's beyond the words. It's beyond the ways. It's deeper down to the core. It's like bad breath that can't be rectified by brushing the teeth because it's not coming from the teeth. It's coming from Deeper. Continually sowing discord, spreading strife, spreading trouble. You know, I have, believe it or not, tried to get grass to grow at the parsonage. If you ever have gone over there, especially the backyard, you see how miserably I've failed. It's just red clay. But in trying, I've, I've gotten different spreaders to spread the stuff, the seed and everything. I've gotten one you walk behind and you push, and I've gotten one that you hold, put your hand in, and you turn a little crank. In both of these, you see just the seeds and stuff just spreading out. It's a really satisfying part of the process for me, even though I have failed every time. You see it spreading. You don't know where it's all going. It's just spreading out, spreading out, spreading out, spreading out. This portrait of the foolish person with bad character describes them as one who is continually spreading strife, like a broadcast spreader, just strife, trouble, strife, trouble, mischief, evil. Discord, argument, just spreading, spreading from the person. These, these people are the usual suspects when there's trouble in the family. These are the usual suspects when there's trouble in the classroom. These are the usual suspects when there's trouble in the church, trouble in the community. Because you know, when you get hit by a strife and discord, it probably came flying out of that broadcast spreader 
that person with bad character. These are the people that you block on Facebook because you just can't take it anymore. These are the people when you see their ID come up on your phone, your heart starts to race. Oh man, what is this going to be? And these are all serious signs of bad character. And the point here for us as Christians is that it leads to serious consequences. Verse 15. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. See, in some segments of our culture, we've come to believe that character is inconsequential. That our words and ways are our words and ways, and it's my way, and don't tell me it's wrong. And, and then when consequences befall us, we feel like victims, shocked. But God made the world to work in a certain way, and it's meant to work with straight lumber. It's meant to work with straight people, not crooked and not jagged. And he's taught us here plainly in his word that living any other way will bring about consequences. And they will be severe, and they will be irreversible. Verse 15, therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. That word calamity, disaster, destruction, distress. Literally, it means being bent down under a heavy weight, heavy misfortune. There's a real emphasis in here on how sudden it is, sudden, suddenly, in a moment, in an instance, in the blink of an eye, shockingly abrupt, broken beyond healing. This means broken in pieces, burst, crushed. It's a violent word. Beyond remedy, beyond recovery, beyond cure. It's actually kind of a medical term for an injury or illness that's just not going to be able to be fixed, healed. Sudden, irreversible disaster. You can't see it coming. You can't undo it. You can't dodge it. You can't delete it. It might, have, it might be financial ruin. It might be family explosion. It might be uh, your reputation forever shattered. And eventually, knowing the full context of Scripture, damnation. Eternal separation from God himself. See, reality is the world as God sees it. Now, though we may be tempted to adopt worldviews apart from what God has said, character does have consequences. Consequences are real. Many of us are still living with the effects of consequences of our bad character early in our lives. We know it's true seeing public figures Christian megachurch pastors disgraced. People we knew from high school, we look up on Facebook and see what's happened and remember how they were in high school and now see the consequences. Loved ones and ourselves. Now as I read this, though I think we're always tempted to look out at others when we see passages like this and say, yeah, that guy, yeah, that woman, they do have bad character. Man, are they going to get what's coming to them. But the Bible is meant to be like a mirror. And so as I read this, I see myself. 
as I read this, I see all the times that I have failed here. I feel the, the familiar pang of some of the scars of consequences of my own bad character in my life. I remember some of those times I had to call someone up and apologize for something I said that was crooked in some way or another. It was jagged enough to hurt them deeply. The proper response to this as Christians is to let this examine us and our character currently and let this make sense of our lives and the way we see the world. And it's at this point that it is so refreshing to remember the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read to you 1 Peter 2, verses 22 through 25. Speaking of Jesus, it says, He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The Bible teaches that each one of us is born with a heart condition set against God and his ways. It's called sin. And that each one of us is like a stray sheep wandering off into danger. And that when Jesus came, like a good shepherd, he gathered us back in. And so we sit here, the the sheep who have wandered and have been brought and gathered back in. We sit here as those who have been forgiven in Jesus Christ of all of our bad character and all the things that our bad character has caused us to say and do. He bore our transgressions. He bore our iniquities. He bore our griefs and sorrows. He bore the chastisement that was meant for us. He bore our wounds. He never sinned. No deceit was found in his mouth. He never said a crooked word or walked a crooked way. Yet on him was laid the iniquity of us all. He was reviled and suffered. He bore our sins in his body on the tree. By his wounds we are healed. So the portrait of reality that we're given as we look into the word this morning is one in which the stakes are high and real. Our decisions do have consequences. Our character will have consequences. But in Jesus Christ, there's grace and there's mercy. Now, even though the consequences may continue to have effects throughout the rest of our lives, we can turn to God through Jesus Christ and be forgiven and receive grace. And that's the really, really good news. That's what was represented by what Robert just did. So I want to encourage you to think about your life in these terms given to us by God's word. Think about your life according to these terms. Think about your own character. Think about the hardships you experience in life. Is it possible that some of that may be consequences? Now, not all calamity is the consequence of bad character. We live in a fallen, sinful world where the consequences of other people's sinful character crushes and bruises us often. Often God allows sanctifying suffering into our lives, not because we've sinned in some way, but because he entrusted it to us to grow our faith. But sometimes calamity is a consequence. And in all of this, in all of this honest reckoning, 
Let's turn together toward Jesus Christ in humility. Receive his grace, receive his mercy, receive his forgiveness. Be transformed by it. Be brought from death to life. Be enabled and freed by the shepherd of our souls to speak straight and live straight. To have good character. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for just the plain, straightforward nature of Proverbs. It's so helpful. May it shape our worldview, the way we see life. Lord, I pray for forgiveness for my own sins. I ask that you would move us all to go to you for forgiveness. Be cleansed in the name of Jesus Christ and freed. And may we as a church be people of character, wise, godly character, as such so that we could glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.